0: All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuckadelics? How's it going? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. Uh, happy happy Monday to you. It's been quite a uh, rough ride for the country. hope for the last few days, a lot of pain and chaos and uh, horror. Uh, you know, hopefully, I, I don't... Here, here's the deal. I, I'm recording this a bit early because... Um, because somebody, somebody needs to take a break. Not me. I'm just going to plow ahead. Uh, but uh, my uh, business partner and producer Brendan McDonald will be on vacation, and we wanted to get these in the can. So, if I'm taping this before the weekend, so if anything happens over the weekend, if there's a, you know, if 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 uh, Washington DC is consumed in flames. Or uh, if, uh, if California falls off of the, uh, the map yeah, into the ocean, if it, whatever happens, if I'm not talking about it, it's because it, it hadn't happened yet. And I can only hope that none of that happens. Today on the show, I talked to Heather Graham, and uh, and that was uh, interesting. I, who doesn't love Heather Graham from Drugstore Cowboy, right? She Don't put the hat on the bed, man. Don't put the hat on the bed. Boogie Nights, Six Degrees of Separation. That She was in The Hangover recently, TV shows. I, it was nice to talk to her. It was nice to see her. She has a new movie out that she wrote and directed. It's called Half Magic. Uh, she started it as well. It'll be in theaters and uh, VOD and Digital HD this Friday, February 23rd. I talked to her. And then in a few minutes, uh, I'm going to have Sebastian Montescalco come out here. Who? Uh, would do you mean, come out here like I'm on stage? I talked to Sebastian because you know he's got a book coming out, and I love Sebastian. He's a comic. I see him. I saw him uh, the other night at the comedy store. Worked hard, got to, to get to where he is, and he's a unique, a unique stage being that Sebastian, unique and funny. So uh, I always like. People come back, they stop by, they got something they want to talk about, something they want to plug. If they've been on the show before, if they're a friend of mine, have them on, right? Have them on, mix it up, and now it's good because, uh, like I said, we're, we're getting these in the can a little early. It's nice to have a nice full show. I'm not, I'm not leaning on that. I'll read an email or two. I, I can give you some updates about things. Uh, how are the cats enjoying the new house? They're they're fine. Uh, that Buster kitten is a crazy motherfucker. He figured out how to remove the toilet paper roll from the toilet paper rod and uh, run around the house with it. You know, b- basically papering the house and destroying it shredding it so uh, he's learning new things he might be he might be part monkey cuz he you know he's just always lacking as a thumb but he seems to be able to figure shit out and move stuff around he's an odd cat i've never had a cat that likes to be roughed up like this cat and i'm not being abusive it's just that when you pull a wild cat out of the wild and uh, it, because they showed up on your deck on your porch you don't know how they're going to turn out or what they're going to be i trapped the old cats the old guys are okay but they're still a little they're still skittish and they're weird you can't hold them is that my fault maybe it is my fault because i didn't i didn't try to do it when they were younger because they were out of their fucking minds but buster was young enough and a little tame enough so i was able to hold him but he doesn't seem to like to be pet he doesn't know how to approach people uh or me specifically for affection and then uh, when he, when you do get him to take it, he likes to be scratched almost like a dog. Like, you know, you get scratch him hard on the stomach, on the back, on the head. And then he purrs and he gets into it. It's almost like you have to you know, show such intense, aggressive affection for him to just settle down and take it. And you know what that makes that cat? A lot like me. See, I, I never believed that shit. I thought you got these cats and they were genetically wired a certain way and I know you have an, Im- an influence on them, but all my cats have elements of me. Uh, it, they, the three represent me at different, uh, at different emotional places and physical uh, reactions. So Sebastian Menescalco is here, and uh, his new book, Stay Hungry, comes out on February 27th. You can pre-order it now if you want to hear the full conversation I did with Sebastian back on episode 304. You can hear that on Stitcher Premium and on Howl. This is me and Sebastian. How long? I mean, It's been a long time since I talked to you in here. Did yeah, you even it's know? been uh, six years ago I was here. So, like, because that's what's wild about it is that you didn't have nothing going. How would I get on? The show back. I liked you. <laughs> that was I, just, I was interviewing comics, you know, guys from the store and stuff. Oh, man. But the reason I think I interviewed you is interesting was because I didn't really know you. And the first time, like, you know, it, it, you know, I'd see you at the store occasionally, but then I saw you working over at that hotel. Servant, like you were uh waiting tables? Yeah, yeah, Four Seasons. At yeah. the Four Seasons, because I had a meeting over there, and I was like, that's a dude. Yeah. He's fucking working his ass off. And, you know, this is like the shitty day gig. Yeah. And now, like, you know, you're one of the biggest comics in the country selling out everywhere, and you got a book about how to make it. So <laughs> <to> make it? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's credible. That's what, that's what I'm saying. They're like, I can track it. When I first had you Gian... <laughs> You didn't have much going on, and I saw you working, waiting tables at a hotel, what? and uh, and now there's a book. There's a book.
1: Stay hungry. Stay hungry. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's been my moniker the whole time I've been out here. Just stay hungry for more.
0: Right, but it's just sort of interesting that you know you just you always kind of just did your own thing, right? I mean, it's because I remember seeing you, and like I could tell, like you know who your influences were, and like you know where you were coming from. But you know then it just got stronger and stronger the edge got more and then you weren't like other people you you know it, it just like I saw a lot of the evolution and uh and, and then it just caught on how when did you start to see the uptick uh I saw the
1: uptick when I did a uh, special called what's wrong with people and I put a little small part in there about um being Italian and going to Italian weddings and yeah. it was really cautious of whether to leave that in there or not because I wasn't... I didn't know if anybody was going to get it. It yeah. was very specific to the Italian community. Right. But I noticed that a lot of people... Um, uh, connected with that, and and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, people are gravitating towards my humor in a way where it's uh, they're relating to family, yeah. Not no- not necessarily uh, broad observational type humor, right? Like I went to Ross Dress for Less, or I went to Chipotle, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're relating to my father, my upbringing, uh-huh. the culture, uh-huh. and I'm like, why don't I just talk about? my upbringing and and how nuts my father for the next special yeah and i i I put a lot of family stuff in there which i
0: in the second special
1: uh in the third special aren't you embarrassed i I started talking about my dad a little bit more Uh uh-huh and i noticed that i was having more fun on stage doing that and it was very personal to me sure so it was real yeah The more personal I got, although it's not like I wasn't personal before, it was just more like, hey, you ever go to da-da-da? Yeah, yeah. This was more like, uh, you know, I went home and my father- Right. And then it started getting more like- enjoyable to to do stand-up for me not that i was enjoying it before but it was just like uh what else is my father do what, what else could i go back and like uh talk about upbringing even grandparents mother
0: right right the writing's different because you're not just sitting there you know wherever you write looking at people walking by like oh shoes are funny yeah you know you, you can go back and yeah. you know you have an emotional connection to it yeah is it's he still a- alive yeah He's still alive and there's still material to be mined there. And it's so. not going to stop for a while. God willing, it doesn't stop for a while. How does he, how's he take it? Because you know, usually my stuff that I do about my dad is never... I never really put him in a great light. So I hope that your relationship with your dad is better. Because my dad gets, he gets mad at me uh, sometimes when I talk about him.
1: Uh, my father is... God, you know, he loves being in the in the, in the show. <laughs> right. And uh, but of course. He, but he's always concerned about me writing new material, about me uh, not resting on my success. You always have to... He's he, pushing you? Yeah. There's always that voice in the back of my head going, you know, don't give these people new material, you know, because sure. a lot of comics kind of r- get into that rut of uh, doing the same stuff sure. over and over. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you know, as well as I do that, you know, it's it's difficult to come up with those new bits. And, and... yeah, hey, I'm in it right now.
0: <laughs> like I just I dumped a special less than a year ago and I got to go do some dates and I'm like, fuck, you know, I gotta... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like right now I'm sitting on about twenty five new minutes, I think. And, uh, you know, I got about half hour somewhere that I didn't use in the special. I got to go find that. You know, so so do you do completely abandon special material? I mean, it just you... happens naturally. It's yeah. weird because I I could have toured on it a little more. I think, and it was really a good one. I mean, that last one, too real for on Netflix was my best work. But I've been doing a special every year, pretty much. I did one for Epics and then one uh, for Netflix before that, and then I had one other one, then a half hour one. So I like and and see, you know and CDs too or whatever. But then people don't listen that sh- that stuff shows up on serious. But you know you got a be- you got better odds, you know, doing material that you did on old CDs. If you want to do that, then you do it with specials, cause everyone watches the specials. Yeah, yeah. But no one listens to fucking CDs really. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it just happens naturally. I get it's like after the special airs, am like my brain just is like kind of done with it. I don't even know how it goes together anymore. And I was working the fuck out of it. Why? How about you? Uh, I'll I'll pop in
1: a few other bits from a special that uh, I'd right. like to, oh, to in the do. new one. Uh, yeah like if i if a special airs, I can't completely abandon that material in that
0: special I'll pepper it in because of you or because you just don't have the new time yet uh, because like you like doing them or you like you just't you know you're waiting for the new sh- shit waiting for the new shit to develop yeah so
1: i gotta I gotta do right. some
0: older stuff yeah
1: and they don't mind um i you don't know <laughs> I think they're okay with it i i I don't want to go to a city. Right, this yeah. is my biggest fear as a comedian. I don't want to do Chicago, right? And then come back in a year, yeah, and people spend hard-earned money, and right? They go <laughs> same. same thing as before. Yeah,
2: that's oh, my no, you,
0: biggest fear as a comedian. You can't do it. You can't do it now. Like back, you, it, you can't. You know, because that, that it's my fear too. You don't want to get off stage and they're like, "Yeah, I heard that one." It's like <laughs> the fuck. What about the other? <laughs> I mean, that's really what you're saying. So, so even even if you, you're putting in a few bits, you're going to run into the possibility of one douchebag yeah. going like, boy, you couldn't, couldn't write the whole new hour, huh? <laughs> and, and if you're like me, if you're like I think most comedians, that's all you're going to hear. That's all that's going to be in your head. Yeah. No matter how good the show went, no matter how many people said, I love seeing that bit. I saw it on TV, but I like seeing it in person. You're like, that motherfucker. Yeah, the one guy. Yeah, the one it. guy. <laughs> it's the worst. No, but you can't, like, I think back in the day, you know, they, it wasn't as, uh, you know, everyone didn't see everything so immediately, you, you know, like yeah. and the guy who tours on the same hour for a decade, just they can't exist anymore, yeah. but they did for years, kind of. But people well, get tired of it.
1: Well, uh, you've been doing this longer than yeah. I have, right? So were you able to get away with that, say, when you first started, uh, you know, going to
0: St. Louis and... Well, here's the thing with me is that no one knew who the fuck I was. So like anytime I thought people knew my shit, like it, I get to, it got to a point where I'm like, what people am I talking about? You, you know what I mean? It's like I wasn't selling tickets. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I go into a place and I didn't have a, you know, I didn't build my career properly. I would, you know, I never stayed on the road long enough because I'd alienate people and I would go do a you know, a TV thing or whatever. But it wasn't until, you know, a couple of years into this that I started to pull people. But I always thought that everyone knew my shit and they just don't. And but now they do because they can, you know, Netflix is fucking everywhere. Yeah. You, you know, it's like, it's going to be, you go to a show, like, I'm going to go do five shows in Europe. It's going to be, like, I would say that probably 75, 80% of every room that I play to will have seen my last special. Why wouldn't they have? Yeah, but don't you think people are in the room that maybe never
1: seen you before? Like, a, they're bringing people. I
0: know, but that one guy, <laughs> that one guy, Sebastian. <laughs>
1: Is that why we're doing this for the one guy to, to please the one guy, <laughs> and it's us, and we can never quite do it? Oh God! You make up these people in your head, right? Oh yeah, all the time, <laughs> all the time. I'm, like even when I'm on stage, going, yeah. man, like I didn't get a good reaction on that. <laughs> Has everybody heard
0: that? You know, like I. It, <laughs> right, right. See, that's the that is that's the only problem with doing the old bits, is that. And, and that's what I'm up against, too. Because they probably, it's probably not the reason, but just by nature, you're already thinking that going in. Yeah. You know that this bit is, you know, you know the bit was on TV. So there's part of that's going like, all right, most uh, of you have probably, probably seen this, but... <laughs> but you're saying that's the undertone that you have. I think so. So you cannot commit to an
1: old bit like it's the first time you're saying it because you're in your head thinking... Just a, a, a bit that's been on TV already. You're, what, do you? Can you... Uh, I, I I have done it that way yeah, and I have done it the other way where I'm like fuck it, I, fuck it I'm going to do it yeah, and the reaction is a lot better when I say fuck it I'm just going to go and, and do it rather than <laughs> not edit myself.
0: Well yeah so it's just a mental discipline.
1: Yeah this is what I've learned in comedy. I've been working now what, 19 years and it's been solid Yeah, it's all I think about is stand up and yeah. go out and gig and this and that but last year, I wore myself down at a bone. And oh, yeah? I said, this year, you know what? Uh, it's about balance. It's about enjoying uh-huh. life a little bit more. Sure. Rather than come home, unpack, get back out there, keep the grind going. Yeah. Uh, I want to live life a little right. bit more. And you got a kid now. And I got a kid now. And that kind of changes a lot of things. And yeah. you want to participate in, in the upbringing of the child rather than.
0: Yeah, and it timed out for you. It seemed like the arc of uh, your popularity enables you. To not, you know, make yourself so fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a point now where I could, you know, like, let's take the summer off. And yeah. we got three weddings to go to. Uh, I don't want my wife going to these weddings anymore. Like I passed away, yeah. you know, like she's got to show up alone. <laughs> so uh, I want to go with her to these. things. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as you do that, too, you mine material out of those life experiences. Of course. So like,
0: how, how long did it take you to write the book?
1: Three years. Uh, I started uh, writing the book with a, a writer. Yeah. Uh, who's helping me out? And then, um, and a guy who you, that you knew or they set you up uh, with? A guy that I interviewed and, 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 and liked. Oh, that, but, the publisher said, We got a guy. Yeah. You yeah. go out and interview these writers.
3: Sure. And like then, a TV deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, we didn't really get along creatively. Uh, no, no bad blood. It was just one of yeah. those things that it came to a, a wall. And then I had to go find another writer. So that's why it kind of took a while. Uh huh. And, and listen, man, when I first started writing this book, I didn't. I do not think I have a book. You know, sure. I, I say in the book that, you know, I'm not a, a politician or I'm not a sports figure. I, I nobody, I, <laughs> I didn't get beaten as a kid and come through this, you know, there's no, I didn't think I had a story <laughs> yeah. to tell, right? but I did after 20 years of being in this and, uh, having these experience happen to me, I, I, I formulated a nice little book kind of about the last 20 years of my life uh-huh. and, uh, and I'm proud of it. It's just everything from the jobs I had to take uh the do, doing, uh you know, selling satellite dishes in the ghetto at uh, Crenshaw and Martin Luther King Boulevard. That was was that kiosk. before or after the Four Seasons? That was during. So I worked for Four Seasons, 1998 to 2005. And then I had to get a uh, job in between there because I, I hated waiting on people. I, yeah. was, I was getting sick of it. So I started working at a, um, a kiosk selling Dish Network satellite dishes in, in in a mall in an urban mall. Yeah, and uh, and I went into debt.
0: But th- that was the choice. Like you know you, I mean like there wasn't another job. You're
1: I'm a I smart did, guy. I needed you... flexibility. Okay, uh, this allowed flexibility. <laughs> yeah, and when you hear yeah. that if you sell a satellite dish, yeah, right, yeah, you get a hundred bucks per dish. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking how hard is it to sell. TV yeah. subscriptions. Basically, right. everybody needs cable. There's sure. whatever. I'm thinking five, five, six a day, yeah. six hundred a day, five days a week. That's three grand. That's a hundred and eighty grand a year. You're I'm right? in. I'm in. And it was. I was in a struggle, man. No, I wasn't selling at all. <laughs> What I used to do is uh, there was a TV in the kiosk, yeah. so I used to record programs that might attract people to my kiosk. In the in the urban mall. In the urban mall. Yeah. So I, I recorded this Michael Jackson Motown special, and I played that on a loop. So I had about 85 people dancing, doing the moonwalk around my kiosk, yeah. but nobody buying <laughs> the damn salad dish. It was like a dance party in the middle of a mall. Um, so I did that for six to eight months, and I went into debt. I ten thousand yeah. dollars I owed, and uh, I was on the phone with my father and mother at at, at one point, and yeah. they detected that there was some problems. They and hear it. they hear it right away, don't they? Right away. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Oh God. What? <laughs> what is it? Money. <laughs> and my dad jumped on the phone he's like what's the problem i said dad you know i I, i'm in 10, 10 grand in debt and uh he bailed me out he paid my credit card bill yeah and i paid him back every every cent i would call him and i would go how much do i owe you and you would just hear like papers and he goes <laughs> i got it right here you owe me seven thousand eight hundred He he it to the cent how much <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was there a vig on it Did no there... no no vig no vig <laughs> it was just a straight loan yeah. um but he, i paid him back and i'm glad that i paid him back because it taught me that you know you don't nothing in life you kind of
0: escape out of it's well, yeah and also it's 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 nice to be able to to pay your parents back yeah. because like usually like if you really wanted to, you could probably get off, right? yeah, but there's something about you know, I like just take it like I try to give my 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 mom floated me some money when I was going through a divorce. she wouldn't take it back she she said, you're gonna get it anyway, oh no well, no. <laughs> no, no, your mom's a lot different than my my dad's like you need to pay me back
1: because <laughs> you might not get it. At I need it,
0: <laughs> right? Right. I don't know if mine's gonna hold up. Right. Yeah. And, and what other stories you got in there? Like just stuff about shit gigs and all that kind of. Yeah. Stuff? You know, like
1: what I had to do. It, it, there's a chapter about me working, uh-huh. doing these odd jobs. Even even before I came out here, I was uh, captain. I, I was Captain Morgan. I uh, on TV? No, no. I used to go to bars.
0: Dressed up as I, Captain Morgan. I, I always amazes me to hear these stories. <laughs> like there's a certain type of personality. Like I knew like, like You would never do this? I would never think to do it. Knew, <laughs> like it would, like no matter how bad it got, yeah. I don't know if I'd think to do it. Like, you know, like Big J Oakerson, he was like a ghetto Elmo. Like he was the, like would go oh, out was? as as oh, Elmo, man. but it was it not real Elmo. Like, I mean I just there are guys I there must have been some party you thought it was gonna be a performance.
1: Uh it was good money. Yeah. And it, again, fle- flexibility.
0: And they, they didn't really know who you were. Couldn't we, see you were wearing a mustache. Know, yeah.
1: mustache, hat. I had a parrot on my shoulder. A real parrot? No, fake. Oh, yeah. I had a hook. And I used to go into these bars. Uh-huh. And these were kind of seedy bars, too. Where? Uh, back in Chicago this uh-huh. is before I came out here I was yeah. doing these like odd jobs yeah. worked at Honey Bake Ham glazing ham oh yeah doing uh, doing uh, temp work I graduated college at 24 with a bachelor of science degree in corporate communications and I ended up working at United Airlines employees credit union as a temporary employee because I I, I didn't get a job out of college right I was oh. the guy that went to the um, the uh, work fair in a, like a wedding suit yeah. you know I had a like, silver wedding suit walking <laughs> around you know look like, like I was uh, <laughs> collecting money rather than handing out resumes. Right. So nobody called yeah. and uh, I ended up coming home and working at night at a place called The Living Room in Schomburg Waiting Tables. And Schaumburg. Day, yeah, Schaumburg. The improv, right right? yeah. yeah. Right there, it was a unbelievable fine dining place. It was uh-huh. the place to be in Chicago in nineteen ninety four, ninety five, ninety six. And I worked there up in the restaurant, and then during the day I would work at the employees credit union in the back in the data entry department of if, United with, of United Airlines employees credit. And you're
0: like, I got to get an outfit. I got. I got. I got to
1: be Captain Morgan. Yeah, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I got to
0: get. A, I need a ship. I got to get out of here on a pirate ship. <laughs> Wow, man! Oh, yeah! So you didn't come out here to your mid twenties? Wait, 20s? Well, I was twenty
1: four. I was. Uh, you hit the wall with Captain Morgan, right, right. huh? After Captain Morgan, I said, "I got, I got to leave town." I got to leave town. Yeah. So, nineteen ninety eight, I came out here and uh, I moved to the Saint James Apartments on Hollywood and Fuller, right down the street from Running Canyon yeah 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 and I came out here with ten grand in my pocket, and I decided that I was gonna wait and get a really nice waiting table job yeah. I didn't want to work at Mel's Diner I didn't want to work at any of those kind of yeah you know whatever uh, you come home with uh, fifty three dollars yeah. I yeah, wanted to work dirty you know? apron dirty apron <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so uh it took me six seven weeks to get a job out here in la yeah. and i, I kind of ran out of money i uh I actually had some grand scheme that i was going to go to las vegas because i still had the united airlines benefits yeah so i would take a little jaunt to las vegas see if i could gamble and make some money <laughs> yeah playing blackjack hoping uh hoping were it'll... you good at it did you have an angle no you... no there's no angle it was just like <laughs> let's let's try to make some some bread here it's I... a quick money in vegas yeah oh Oh, good. Great plan. Great plan. <laughs> Captain Morgan, Vegas. Uh, you're seeing th- th- kind of how my mind works. Yes. Yeah, Not- satellite dishes. i <laughs> move these things. 600 a
0: day. <laughs> <laughs> 600 a day It's satellite dishes. Oh, All right, God. buddy. Well, I'm, I'm happy for your success. Thank and you. uh, the book sounds fun. Book is uh stay hungry
1: comes out uh february 27th yeah and uh it's also an audio book i I wanted to put my voice to the words too
0: sure why not did you have you done that yeah you can you can punch it
1: up okay i don't know what your experience was was long i went in there and i left and i go, i can't read (laughs) i'm like you know to read
0: out loud 256 pages and they're on you too it's like you forgot the yeah uh, yeah could you go back and do, uh, you just, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That guy was, uh, you
1: said could instead of would. I was putting in words that weren't even on the page. Right. Riffing a little bit.
0: Yeah. And it was, it was, it was one of the hardest things I've done. It yeah. Just, because the problem with it is by the end, you know, your tone is a little cranky. Like you start off funny. And then by the end of the book, you're like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I've been here for five fucking hours. Sorry if it's not chipper anymore. I know, man. <laughs> but you tough. got through it. I got through it. And it
1: you're going to tour on the book? Uh, the book, we're in the middle of a tour right now. we oh. going to take the summer off, and then we're going to start back up in the fall. Take but, summer uh, off, do fun things with your family. Three weddings to go to, one in Sicily. Uh, so, really? Yeah, we're going to take a- Have and, you been there? Yeah. I uh, went with my father, actually, six years ago. Is he Sicilian? Yeah. He was born in uh, Shuffleu. He came here when he was 15 years old. So Real Italian? Oh, yeah. So ever since we went, he's back. he's been back
0: every year since Oh, we, so if you didn't pay the money back- we wouldn't have went. And went. <laughs> <laughs> There've been problems to be. Been... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So. Good man. We'll have fun. Thank you. All right. So that book is called "Stay Hungry." I I like Sebastian. Good guy. Funny guy. Worked hard. And uh, the book is is him. It's him. It's him in a book. You know how that goes. Yes, the new garage is a garage, but it's going to be more than a garage. It's going to be a place where if my mother needs to live there, she can live there. So that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, like just a you know, mom, you got to you know sit outside. Albert Brooks is here. Mom, could you could you, uh, you know, get out of your your house and let me interview Albert Brooks? No, it's okay. You know, it's gonna. It's a garage, but it's it, you know, it's a it's a nicer garage. Is what I'm implying. Is that's all I'm saying. And I think that my mom could sit in on the conversation I have with Albert Brooks if that ever happens. Heather Graham, Heather Graham is here, and uh, I was excited to talk to her. I watched her new movie that she wrote, directed, and starred in, Half Magic. I've watched many of the movies she's been in. Uh, it was it was nice of her to come by, and this is me talking to her. All right, this is me talking to Heather Graham right now. think i've ever done a podcast before you've done radio
2: I, yeah i've done radio you're you've right. been i've gone to like serious radio and stuff yeah not like and you sat know, there the real deal cool the real podcast
0: <laughs> the real deal cool. you know, I, I like mean, this is
2: like a cool
0: you haven't gone to somebody's yeah. house to do media in, no
2: but i think that makes people probably more relaxed right because you're not like in a i
0: like think a i something year. happens you yeah. know you're, you're surrounded by all this you know stuff And yeah, but yeah, people I think do relax. It it doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem like. um after it does his,
2: seem real, though. I feel it, like that's the it. It seems very real.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. But right. But after a point, you're like, "Are we recording this? Is this? Yeah, are, you are we recording
2: this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am so recording. It's very natural. It. Well, you have an action figure.
0: That was a. It's actually, I would. Assume, it's a piece of art. It's oh, the only cool. one that exists. Wow. Some guy made that. Made a Mark Marin action figure because so cool. he thought I I needed one.
2: Okay. Yeah. There's a you lot do. of you. You deserve one. Well,
0: they, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I actually saw you, I think. Mm-hmm. I I did. I see tried you. the
2: comedy. Where were the, yeah, the comedy Because I went to go see Crystalia and you were performing. It was I great. was there. Yeah. Oh,
0: you saw me? Yes. Oh. Of course. I, but I didn't meet I mean, you. You're
2: famous. Um, I'm,
0: the, I'm, the, I'm kind of famous. And I've also
2: watched your show. You have? Every episode of Glow. Oh, that's really, fun, right? Yeah, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, good.
0: Because like, I never know if people yeah. know me, if yeah. there's familiarity, because I know yeah. you. I and then, then like... I listened
2: to your po- some of your podcasts. Just to get ready. Jenkins. to Yeah, it was just, well, some of my best friends love it. They were actually like, you should try to get on his podcast because he has the best podcast. (laughs) And then I started listening to it. It was really... Actually, I thought you'd be more... Have more jokes, but you're just really interested in people, like right. asking them questions. Yeah, yeah. no, it's like uh, the joke yeah. thing,
0: like uh, that wears thin after a while. You yeah, no, know, know, it's cool.
2: Just... I learned so much about Richard Jenkins from your podcast about him. Like you really <laughs> got into. Di- I, I'm kind of like that with people too. Like I yeah. like asking people questions.
0: Right. You know. Yeah. You, well, you seem like that kind of person. It's <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the I can sense,
2: interview you. <laughs> you could
0: if you really want to. <laughs> no. But like, I think sometimes yeah. asking people questions is a good way to uh, to keep them hmm. from going too far. It's
2: asking you questions, right? Yes. Right. That's true. You just
0: kind of keep, waiting. but what about you? Seriously. If you're, generally,
2: if you're genuinely interested, I feel like you're genuinely interested. I am. I think I am too. That's like, good. I could ask a lot of questions. Really?
0: Do you like, is that generally what you do? Like when you, uh like, like, like when you work with directors, you know, are you like the kind of person that's sort of like, what do you want?
2: Well, usually I kind of get into like psychologically analyzing the character and like, why do you think the character is doing this? And what do yeah. you think the motivation? So I get into the questions about the psychology of the characters. Right? Yeah. Not but as you, much like. But, With directors? But I can ask people, like, if I just met you, I'd probably just ask you a lot of questions. All right, go ahead. Okay, um, mm. what made you get, become a comedian? Oh,
0: well, <laughs> uh, I think, like, when I was a kid, I always wanted to, like, I always liked comedians. They always mm-hmm. seemed to ha- make sense of the world somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, because a good comic, yeah. like, it kind of disarms a lot of your fears.
3: Right. Right,
0: and makes sense of things that yes. seem complicated. Yes. So when I was a little kid watching comics, like, I'd be like, oh, that's, yeah, that guy knows what's happening. It He's got a handle it. on it. Yeah. Yeah, it was more about having a handle on it on reality yeah like they weren't just like you know falling all the time it's
2: kind of spiritual too because if you can have a sense of humor about life yeah then you sort of like you're not in like total despair right despair <laughs>
0: hopelessness dread yes
2: yes yeah I
0: guess is that Fear. I, I guess that's what spirituality is supposed to do uh, give you a little hope
2: yeah, I think it feels just like you can detach and look at it with like, oh my god, this is all kind of funny, not like this is right, horrific. You right, know? right,
0: yeah. yeah. For it doesn't always <laughs> yeah. hold. I mean, yeah. you could do it. For, it doesn't always hold. You <laughs> yeah, know, that's true. You could do it for a while, but then one day you'd be like, oh god, that's it's not true. working. The new movie, that your movie, uh, yeah. it, it has a spiritual bent.
2: Yes, yes. Well, I wanted to. Well, kind of a, what we're talking about. I took yeah. some things that really depressed me, and I'm like, how can I find humor in this? And it's all kind of slightly based on true stories. Is it? Yeah, because yeah. I didn't
0: like I didn't know that the candle thing was real. My girlfriend said that uh, you know there are people that the candle thing is real.
2: Yes. That, well, it started. There's a store in New York called the Enchantments. Have you ever been to Enchantments? I don't.
0: I, don't, I feel like I may. Yeah. How long's it been? There. It's more
2: girly. Like yeah. I'm sure probably lots of guys aren't going there. But you know you can buy candles and you can wish for love or you wish for you know a great job or money. Right. Yeah. So I had some girlfriends. For candles. Yeah. We, yeah. we would get together and it wasn't all only candles. We would yeah. just talk about what do we. And so it was these women and also Moby. Moby was in it too. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And so then he gave me- That guy's (laughs) nothing but trouble, that Moby.
2: I know. He's amazing. (laughs) He's so generous. He gave us a lot of music for the movie. So Mm -hmm.
0: you're, you're full on. You're in this shit.
2: Well, I do a lot of yoga. I meditate. I do transcendental meditation. You do TM. Well, like, you know how you look to comedy to heal your pain. I look it's, to like new age things. Well, it's also my
0: job. So <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's the way I think about things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, they, it is my my craft, my chosen craft. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if I really look at it to heal my pain. Oh, really? I, I, yeah. I tend to look more towards food.
2: Okay. <laughs> I mean, food works. I definitely have done that. In the but past. It,
0: but it's not good. Yeah. It's not. It's not spiritual. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I tend to avoid the spiritual by you know engaging in you know things outside of me to try to well, make myself people feel better.
2: Laugh and you're being honest. Well, that's good. Which no, is, I'm glad people get a lot that's out of it. Cool. Yeah. But
0: in terms of personal mm-hmm. spiritual psychic mm-hmm. health, mm-hmm. Uh, you don't
2: have good psychic health. That's what you're saying. Not,
0: not great. <laughs> not. not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you need to have some more sound baths maybe. I know like. I need I need yeah. to go to the sound bath yeah. at Moby's. Do you meditate? I don't Okay. Well, but people you have been telling that. me to.
0: Tell mm-hmm. me about TM though. So you're in, you bought your mantra and everything. Well,
2: um yeah, that is kind of weird about TM. They do make you pay for the yeah. class. But I mean I learned it like when I work with David Lynch on Twin Peaks, on the original. How did Twin you Peaks. meet
0: David Lynch originally?
2: You know, I auditioned for a commercial he was doing for like Calvin Klein Obsession perfume. Really? Yeah. And he I did think
0: commercials, I guess. I did. He did.
2: I mean, making. I guess he was making money. Sure. you know? Um And then I guess Benicio del Toro was in my commercial before he ever started doing like acting yeah. a lot at all. Yeah. So yeah. So I met David Lynch, and then he put me in Twin Peaks in the you know right. the original. The original one. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. actually how I became friends with Moby that far back? No, cuz he was a fan. So when I ran into oh. him he's like, "I love Twin Peaks," and so then he introduced himself.
0: Right. And this that was pretty recently.
2: No, that was like 10 years ago, maybe.
0: Oh, so original Moby. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a first flush Moby, the big yeah. record Moby.
2: Yeah, no, maybe, no, because that was maybe more like 15 years ago. Oh, was it so that it was long like ago? 10 it's years. flying by. Yeah, it really is.
0: So David yeah. Lynch hipped you to TM, is that?
2: Yeah, I just was like, he told me to go to meditate. How
0: old were you then, like 20? I was 20? Like 20,
2: yeah. yeah, something like 20. Were
0: you all, why'd he, why'd he suggest it to you at that time? Well, I think
2: I was unhappy because I think that's a hard age when you're like just moving out of the house from your parents, you yeah. like, who am I, yeah. like why am I to depressed and right. like i didn't really know how to cook so i just used to eat a lot of candy bars oh,
3: yeah. like i'd be like okay i won't
2: eat dinner so i'll just buy eight candy bars yeah, which kind of it's candy? unhealthy bar? um reese's oh, twix we... kit kat oh, those, those are the best ones those are all know, the best ones i know reese's are the best like for no sure. yeah but you
0: can you know, only you only take kit so kat, much of them twix
2: yeah crunchy i like me too caramel yeah, yeah. that those are my three I know.
0: Occasionally, I'll do M and M's.
2: I used to eat so unhealthy that I would like eat muffins. I'd be like, "Oh, brand muffins are healthy." Like yeah, I didn't I think s- like that's cake. Really, I, know, just I still do that icing. sometimes.
0: I still, I, still I eat myself-
2: pasta. I would eat. Muffins, yeah. pasta, and candy bars.
0: But those three, can those are the best ones in my book. I Twix, uh, mm-hmm. Kit Kats, and the Reese's.
2: Yes, but meditating helped me not eat so badly. And then there was a frozen yogurt place that I loved. But that I was loved. your
0: pre-spirituality spirituality. Pre-spi- yeah,
2: I would just be like, how can I gorge on sugar, sugar. get a high, yeah. and then I get a low, yeah. and then I'm just like thinking about tomorrow. What, what right. can I buy tomorrow? Yeah,
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I stock up? <laughs> yeah. No really. ice cream? Not an ice cream?
2: No, I did used to eat pints of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, you know, Reese's peanut butter peanut cup. Butter cup ice cream? Or cookie dough, or cookie dough. Oh. Cookie dough or Reese's peanut butter yeah, cup? Big, the looking best. for the peanut the, butter yeah. cup is the best. The
0: Ben and Jerry's peanut butter. But it's cup. disgusting.
2: You can really only do that when you're like 18, 19, 20 I ever? did it into
0: my forties. Did you? Yeah, I did pints. I, I was still doing So how pints. do you
2: stay like I'm in. I'm done
0: with it now. Okay. I don't yeah. do it now. Okay. I'm yeah. barely hanging on now.
2: <laughs> it's it makes you feel terrible. <laughs> I had a biscuit
0: yesterday and I want to kill myself.
2: <laughs> I know. Well it's good though, right? And a it's piece like, of olive
0: oil cake. Oof.
2: That sounds good. That's that sounds like kind of gourmet, though. It was as a little bad. bit. It was yeah. a little
0: bit. It is fancy. Yeah. yeah. So so David Lynch sees this kid gorging, on, basically bulimic.
2: <laughs> no. Well, I never threw up. I think right. I was more like, let me starve myself and then eat candy bars. Because I, I, throwing up was too gross for me. Yeah. Well, I just watched actually the Jane Fonda documentary, and she talks about being bulimic, which is so interesting. Wow.
0: Growing up was gross to you?
2: Um, Is no, that what you said growing up no throwing mm, up mm, throwing mm. up was too gross right, so I sure. wouldn't go to the bulimia aspect right. but I would go to like okay I won't eat a regular dinner and I'll just eat eight candy bars. right right
0: right, right. Yeah. yeah yeah for the whole day you mm. just wait the whole day. Maybe
2: I eat like a bran muffin.
0: Bran muffin in the morning, eight candy bars at or night, or
2: like I go to get frozen yogurt. I get frozen yogurt for like lunch and frozen yogurt for dinner. Sure,
0: sure, That's ice terrible. cream, but it's not yeah. ice cream, right? In your mind, not ice cream. Remember brand, there was a brand whole craze healthy. that
2: was like everything had to be no, non-fat, but it was full of sugar, like
0: Tasty Delight. And it, you just in be New like, York. oh, it's non-fat. Yeah, I can yeah. eat as
2: much as I want. And then you'd be like, why do I feel so crazy right now? Because yeah, yeah, I just yeah. ate like so much sugar. And You get
0: all bloated. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Terrible. So David, so Lynch goes. Yeah, we got to get you, go level you off.
2: No, I think I just was like intrigued because I mean, I grew up in suburbia. There weren't a lot of creative types around in Agora.
0: Oh here See
2: now it's cool But when I was there I feel like there Is it were, cool I don't know I feel like some people Live out there and commute <laughs> Like I don't know I mean it's nicer just There's like a movie people, theater Just
0: because like You you kind of know People who live out there It's pretty <laughs> people Look, It there. is
2: pretty But it's like suburbia There wasn't a lot of cultural There weren't cultural things Going on there That's where you were growing.
0: born Here in, in, uh, in California No my dad
2: was in the FBI And he was transferred Around a lot He's from Philadelphia My mom's from New Jersey they, I was born is when he still he was, around Yeah he's still alive Have
0: you talked to him About what's going on
2: <laughs> Not 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 a lot now oh really um
0: you, you haven't called him like what is up what do you think about this the FBI they're they're going down they haven't done it
2: he's not real I mean he's more conservative because they're quite religious you know
0: sure but still I, I mean yeah. the, you know that agency was had an integrity to it it's taken a lot of hits but uh but so yeah. I, I, you know you don't have yeah. to talk to him about that. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But, well I
2: was born in Wisconsin then yeah. I lived outside of Washington DC in Virginia and then I moved to LA when I was nine
0: that was when he was at the home office.
2: Yeah, well, I think, the, yeah. The, the bureau. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he was
0: out in the field?
2: And then he was in the federal building on Wilshire. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
0: So he was an FBI agent your whole life. He retired um, from the FBI. He got his pension from the FBI. Yeah, Was it, was there points where you were like, What are you
2: doing? It just sounded cool, but he really just had a normal. He just would leave in the morning, come home at night, and he had a a gun and a bulletproof vest.
0: Sure. But, and And you're like, This is
2: cool. I get to impress people, but it's like, it didn't, I didn't, he didn't really talk about what he was doing. So it just seemed like, Oh, he goes to work in the morning and comes home at night.
0: Yeah, with his gun and his bulletproof vest. And you imagine you would have heard if something went down with either of those things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know he worked on terrorism for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well that sounds interesting. You've never like sat down and had conversations. No, well they're not
2: allowed to really talk about it. I think once when he was retired, I think I said, Well, do you have any stories? And yeah. he's like, Well, once we intercepted this shipment of um, these weapons that would explode in people's bodies, like they would hit you, you know, they wow. like, so he's like I was, was really glad that we we caught that and stopped oh, yeah. them from, you know, right. mailing that to the other terrorists. Right.
0: And what'd your mom do in the
2: in the childhood well, years? Well my mom was um she was a teacher before yeah. she got married, and then she was a housewife and she was writing children's books and poetry and um so then like as Publish? we grew up yes oh, mm-hmm, that's great mm-hmm. yeah so you, you yeah. could
0: hold up your mom's children's book
2: yeah i and mean i didn't bring siblings. it with me but okay. i have a younger sister
0: how uh, how, how much she's younger? a year and a half younger oh yeah she's yes. in show business yes. yes how's she doing she's an actress yeah. and
2: i think she got recently into like producing and stuff
0: yeah. oh yeah like you yeah. getting into directing producing, guess, yeah writing
2: yes yes yeah yes.
0: Said, why would she why why would both of you go into this miserable <laughs> fucking business <laughs>
2: Because I guess we moved to LA. You know, you're like the proximity to LA just draws you in.
0: <laughs> it does, I guess. Yeah. If it, if well, you for have the... me, I
2: was an awkward nerd, so I'm like, how can I distinguish myself and like get attention? You pension? were nerdy. Yeah, I was quite nerdy, and I wasn't really thought of as attractive. So then, when, when I started this? this was like when I was in high school, uh-huh. and like I was kind of tomboyish, and then I got went on auditions, and like they'd be like, okay, you're auditioning for like the pretty cheerleader, and I'm like, I couldn't get on the cheerleading squad, and nobody's asking me out, really. So yeah. I was like, this is fun, right? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> This other world where people think I'm like this cool, pretty person,
0: and that's where it started. That's how it started. Um, well, what you so you're growing up in Agora Hills. How do you just how do you make? How do you like go i'm gonna do show business and figure out how to get in it
2: well basically okay if you want to go back to when it started i think i used to like to make up fantasy games in my head and play it with the kids in the neighborhood and i'd be like you guys are vampires and i'm this character and you're that and Uh let's all do this game and then i think i went to high school and i got really awkward and nerdy and i used to audition for the plays and that was like my area of like begetting attention
0: oh really so you were like you know full-on drama geek Okay, mm-hmm. so you lived over there in the drama department.
2: So when I the, moved to Agora, uh, I started to get the lead in the plays.
0: Doing musicals.
2: Yeah, but I was a terrible singer. But somehow I still had enough like well, was high school showbiz <laughs> personality <laughs> you're, you're that had... I got away with like having a, not a very good singing voice. Like but... I started in Damn Yankees. I was Lola in Damn Yankees when I was like fourteen. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's where it started.
2: I mean, that was like a highlight of my. But childhood. so,
0: but you were you were one of those kids who. Was withdrawn or nerdy or, or you know not completely socially awkward, mm-hmm. and you came to life in the well, drama I was, department. Like,
2: smart, I was in these in advanced placement classes. So yeah. if you're in that, then you kind of just travel around with that group of advanced placement. You're in advanced math, you're in advanced English, or you know. So then, do it's you remember
0: like, those people in your group?
2: Yeah, I <laughs> do.
0: Just you know, just very smart kids who you know. Uh, well, you know, uh, there seems to be you're you're looked at differently by the rest of the school.
2: Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, you're right? not as cool as like um, a jock or like yeah. a cheerleader or the pop, you know. It
0: doesn't end well for them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then it's like, yeah, then you're like, yeah, the nerds are really the cool Cool. Have people. you gone to reunions? No, I haven't. But I have one friend still from high school. She's actually coming to our premiere. Oh, We're yeah? Really good friends. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So okay, so but still, how do you mm. cross the bridge? How what what you do? You go to college?
2: Um, I did. I went to UCLA for a few years, um, but I actually started working when I was in high school. I was in license to drive with Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Oh,
0: it's the, oh, poor yeah.
2: I know it's Hame's like all these stories gone. that have come out. Well, Haim is so dead, disturbing. right? He, yes.
0: He kind of went Christian yes. and drugs. Is that what happened?
2: He, I know that he was. I mean, I guess at the time I was working with them, they got they were doing drugs, but I yeah. was like very naive and right. I didn't really, you know. But you know, they've talked about it. And they were doing drugs. And Corey Haim died. Yeah.
0: But but much later. I mean. Much later.
2: And then, you know, Corey Feldman has come out with, you know, talking about. The pedophile ring. Yeah, I know. It's so disturbing. Like, I was working with him during that time. And I had no idea that was happening. It's so disturbing.
0: You think you would have known, but I guess that's what a lot of people are saying about a lot of things. How could, you know. I
2: mean, they just seem like cooler. Like, I'm like, I'm from the suburban high school and they've been in and like, Stand By Me and Lucas. And I'm like, they seem like so sophisticated. And I guess maybe I kind of knew they were doing drugs and like Corey Haim was dating like Lala Zappa. And I just felt like I was like this.
0: Lala Zappa.
2: Yeah. I felt like I was like this awkward, like normal person looking at these stars. So I didn't think like, oh, something terrible is going on for them. I just thought, oh. I'm That's, with these amazing stars, right? You so know? you,
0: yeah, and you were you were afforded the distance because you weren't in, right? I wasn't there...
2: in this. I wasn't in the circle. I was like, I am a normal person a- acting with movie stars, and I didn't think like, oh wow, there are these people that are leading these. You know, I both, think they were both emancipated from their parents, and I knew that there's what things, does that mean? That means that like you don't need a guardian on set. Oh, and it also means that I think you know your parents. I don't know if it's that they're incapable or that just that you don't yeah. want to have to have a guardian. Sure. I don't know.
0: So they, they sign the thing. You're yeah. emancipated. Freed.
2: Yeah. You're freed, yeah. You don't have to go to the school. That's cause... interesting,
0: though, because yeah. I, I get that feeling when I'm on GLOW. I'm like looking at Alison Brie during scenes going like, oh, I'm working with a real actress. <laughs> <laughs> she's Look probably like go.
2: being impressed by you oh right? that's true. Like, we do yeah. all
0: right together we yeah. got we got a good thing yeah, on it's screen. fun it's
2: great to see a show with so many women like no
0: kidding awesome. a lot of yeah. them yeah like, i've never been around that you're many like women only guy in my life. That i'm the on i'm the cranky uh, the cranky sexist <laughs> you at the center. love it
2: right you get all these women you're like <laughs> I, get to, I get to be the only man with all these women well you know i i yeah. try to
0: just you know be, just be one of one of the girls yeah yeah all right so so you got so but how do you like get an agent and stuff when you're in high school. How does that happen? Your parents have got to be in on it. I well, mean... I
2: think you have to have a certain degree of like ambitious, like unhappiness, where yeah. you're just like, ah, oh, you feel like I need, you, you know, to do this. And then you drive, you get your driver's license. And my mom was supportive, you know. And I and I drove into the city to go on auditions. But you have to go on a lot of auditions.
0: Well, how did you find the auditions? Did you have somebody that signed you, or what happened? You know
2: what? I think I got like, well, I got an agent, and yeah. then I got, I went to acting classes, and I think through my acting classes, I got maybe an agent. Oh. When you're very young it's a little bit easier to get an agent like as you get older it's harder because there's more competition but when you're just like i'm 15 you know it's a little bit easier to just be like okay you have no experience we'll try sending you out a few times i think i got a commercial agent And then I went to acting classes and, you know, you try, you ask everyone like, oh, you ask your acting teacher, can you introduce me to your agent blah, blah, blah. And I think I got my first agent because my acting teacher, I could tell she didn't really want to help me, but I was like, well, I found this other agency. She's like, oh, they're not good. I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you to mine. Yeah. So she helped me get the agent that helped me get the auditions that helped me get that movie with Corey Haim and Corey Feldman.
0: And and um did, what kind of classes were they? Were they do how many teachers have you worked with in your life?
2: Uh, I went to a lot. Like um this was just like I guess I was sixteen or seventeen. I used to drive into the city and take like one night classes in Hollywood mm. and I was just so excited because yeah. I felt like I was from like suburbia mm. and here were these arty people and yeah, yeah. I always felt like a bit of a weirdo oddball. So I'm like, Oh, these people I feel like I can relate to them more, uh-huh. you know?
0: Yeah. So but but do you remember like cause I always wonder like Were there teachers that made a big impact or that, you know, do you know where you learned most of what you know about acting? Well, I tried a lot of
2: different teachers. The person I went to the most, his name's Harry Master George. And I remember I was really impressed because when I started going to his class, like Ray Liotta was in it. And I think like Melanie Griffin. And you were like,
0: what, 17?
2: I was like, yeah, like maybe I was 20 or Uh something. Um, Yeah. Because I think that was a different class I went to when I was like 17. Right. But so I started going to his, I went to his class for a long time and he was just really supportive because some acting teachers can be a little like mean. They just want to break you down. Yeah. yeah. Make you cry? Yeah, I I mean, I went to different. Like, I went to Meisner classes. I tried a different lot, but then I started going to Harry. He just does scene study.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he just like yeah. So you you do the scene, and then he just tells you what you did or what you. His whole theory
2: is just basically like use your imagination and just pretend you're this person and just sit for in your home for eight hours a day, picturing your life and picturing every moment and think of like every thought that's coming into your head and don't practice the lines out loud and don't do it in front of a mirror, but just become this person by your imagination.
0: Oh, so that was—that's the trick.
2: And basically, sit there just like your entire day. Like, so instead of going to work, you just sit in your house, just <laughs> Being picturing that. person, that. yeah, yeah.
0: And it worked for you.
2: I mean, it—I did get job. St- I mean, that's the main thing. I, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll try to make things similar to my life. Like, you'll be like, okay, well, this character's feeling this feeling, and I felt this feeling in this moment. But that's not really what he teaches. But occasionally, I will do that. Anyway. so,
0: theoretically, if you can imagine it thoroughly enough, you don't need to do that.
2: That's his belief. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But other people are sort of like, I need to cry. I got to think about yeah, my But sometimes, yeah, you need an in. Like, right. yeah, you're
2: like, okay, well, this thing reminds me of this situation. So I'll kind of, like, substitute it and then try right. it. But his theory is, like, it should be purestly just thinking of the story. And if you were really this person in this story.
0: But the weird thing is, yeah. is that, like, I've learned, because I'm fairly new to acting, you know, in, in a professional way, is that, you know it's that's only going to enrich you. a lot of times that's going to mm-hmm. make the experience for you mm-hmm. more d- deep and interesting. Mm-hmm. But for someone watching it, you know, mm-hmm. however you cry, mm-hmm. you're generally, the kind of right. Everyone
2: has like a different way. So yeah. A, yeah, every teacher just has their different way, but that was his way.
0: And and yeah. so you did, you did license to drive. Yeah. And then you did but then so right pretty soon I did
2: drugstore cowboy. That was like pretty the soon cool after, right? Mood. Yeah, that's when I really met like Gus Van Sant and like how what
0: was the casting for that like? I mean Well like, it was like
2: Matt Dillon, James LeGround. No, Kelly yeah, but Lynch. how'd you get it? Oh, how'd I get it? Yeah. I just auditioned. I went and auditioned for it. I think I had to cry on it. And I remember just the whole day, like just putting myself in this crazy mood and going in and That was like, the
0: hat on the bed thing. Yeah. You put the hat on the bed, didn't I you? Know.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. I died in it yeah, and I tried, got wrapped put in a body bag. You're
0: out, like, you turned blue. Yeah. He od right?
2: Yeah. And that was before Gus Van Sant ever had done. That was like his first big movie. He did this smaller movie. It's a great movie. movie.
0: It's a great movie. Yeah. So it, that was, yeah.
2: I suddenly was like, oh my God, like this is all these cool arty people and Matt Dillon. Did and you meet William Burroughs? Yes. How was that? He was cool. I yeah. mean, I was like 18, yeah, so yeah. I'm not like, you, you didn't know. didn't who he was. I hadn't really? really, I think I started reading his books because I was working with him, yeah. but I hadn't like known him yeah. at 18 to. Yeah, I mean, read I had books. like no drug taking, <laughs> yeah. you know, history at that point. Did he yeah. seem like
0: just this weird old grandpa?
2: I mean, no, they just seemed like these weird. I remember like James LeGros saying, like, you should read Charles Bukowski and John Fonte. And I'm like, oh, there's all these interesting people I can read. And they're like, listen to Tom Waits. And I'm like, wow, no one at my <laughs> high school was ever into all this cool. I'm like, I felt so cool. I'm like listening to Tom Waits and like, like reading John Fonte and Charles Bukowski I'm like yeah. I've really made it you're into a in, cool man. circle of like art, arty people it's
0: very LA though those yeah. three things it's sort of wild you've got William Burroughs there who's the grandfather of all that shit but like you know those guys those three are LA people you could have seen any of them mm-hmm. so all right. so now you're you're moving right you're a drugstore cowboy things mm-hmm. are happening
2: yeah things are happening I started to feel like oh my god you know maybe yeah. I'm gonna like break out and I like met all these interesting people but you know it's hard being an actor like I, yeah. you know I kept working but it wasn't like then i suddenly like got every job i ever wanted
0: we did some like movies that like yeah. I don't remember that were probably movies that that weren't as big as they could yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. But like you did work with Lawrence Kasdan.
2: Yeah, and I, got I love work you with to with Jessica Lange. Jessica Lange. I did some Lang. cool things like um, and I supported myself as an actor, which I'm like so grateful for.
0: Well, this I love you to death. I kind of remember that movie. What was that? Yeah, I had a about? small part.
2: It was basically about how Kevin Klein was cheating on his wife, who was played by Tracy Ullman. Right. And basically, I was like one of the girls he was cheating on with.
0: Did you meet River Phoenix and everybody? Yes.
2: I can't believe he died. It's so so many people have died it's so I know. sad yeah right he was so nice
0: yeah but getting back to David Wynn, she has got yeah, you meditating he stuck totally. you into TM <laughs> and you do the TV show yeah and then you do the movie and you're like 20 21
2: I guess so. Twenty yeah. one, yeah, maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But then you do like before. Where? How far away is? Um,
2: D- uh, well, then I okay. Then swingers, the, you, the I remember biggest you in swingers. So Then yeah. it was like years later that I was in Swingers, and then I was in Boogie Nights. And but then... yeah, but you
0: did that. Two girls and a guy. Oh with... yeah, I
2: did that. That was actually after Boogie Nights. Um, oh, it was it came yeah. out? Yeah, I worked with a lot of though? sexual harassers. Well, no, I know.
0: Well, that's right. Toback was I managed like... to
2: hit a lot of those people on that list. Um, yeah, Toback directed two girls and a guy, which was actually he did not sexually harass me, even though I could see that he, I'm sure, did sexually harass a lot of people. But um, yeah, but he that... was one of
0: those guys. He was like not just a harasser. No, he, he was, was a, just predator. Like a gambler. He was, like... he
2: was a predator. No, he, was, he like... was like he would like okay, our whole shoot. Maybe yeah. we only had like two weeks. We shot that whole movie in like two weeks or two and a half weeks. He would go away at lunch and he would come back late. Like that's no one would ever do that in a movie that only had two and a half weeks yeah and we'd be like where is he and they'd be like i think he's gambling or right. i don't know or maybe he was trying to have sex with someone yeah. but like he'd be like an hour late we're sitting there with like robert downey jr we're like where did the director go how was downey
0: know. at that point
2: he had just come out of his like drug phase so he was getting drug tested every day he had somebody with had him he done who jail? Was like, no he wasn't
0: jail yet that came later, I think.
2: I'm not sure. All I know he is that he was like on a drug again. watch. Oh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So so that was odd. Mm-hmm. That was show business. Yep. So like outside of Toback, like before that, who he worked with Gus a few times. You worked with some women directors. But yeah. who were the other predators?
2: Oh, there's so many. On it. Well, Israel <laughs> Horovitz. Gross. Have you, you worked with him? No, but I dated his son when I was 19. 18? Oh, I dated his son around the time of Drugstore Cowboy.
0: Was his name Mike? Uh, my, Adam Horns. Adam from the Beastie
2: Boys. Yes. Yeah. And he basically, um, after I dated Adam and we broke up, I auditioned for one of his plays. And um, after the audition, I was riding down in the elevator. He's like, let me walk you out. Uh, and so he gets in the elevator and then he just pushes me against the elevator, sticks his tongue down my throat. I feel like he might have said something about, like, what are we going to do about us? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was just like, what? What are you talking about? And then I just got out of the elevator and I just never talked to him again. And then I heard him saying later, like, Heather's so ungrateful. I don't oh, know. Oh really? She, yeah, I don't know. Cause I think he helped me when I was with Adam, like he recommended me to this acting class in New York that I went to with like. So was this
0: before like boogie nights and it everything? It was way before. before. It oh. was like
2: after Drugstore Cowboy. Yeah. But then a lot of women recently came out about a that. A lot. A lot. And then about Horowitz. the thing that was really disturbing was that like a lot of women came out in the nineties yeah. and, and, and they weren't taken seriously. And they were like, Oh, these women are high strung or you know, and they didn't do anything about it. And so twenty years later, more women came out, or some of the same women came out again plus more women, and they finally took it seriously. And yeah, had a this, whole thing on NPR I was listening to about why um, are people taking this seriously now when they didn't before? Because the, the,
0: the jig is up. The jig's up.
2: It's so good. As a woman, <laughs> we're just like reading this news. We're like, yes, this is water in a desert. Like, yeah. it's so fun to read these stories.
0: And you also had the, a Weinstein encounter yes, that you think I did. was... Did, do you look back at it thinking that it was career j- shifting? For you? I mean, what happened exactly?
2: Well, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean... He's just one person. I I don't know any stories like that. One very powerful Yeah, one very powerful. I mean, basically, um, yeah, I went into his office and he was like, had these scripts on a table. And he was like, I want to work with you. You're just, you're pretty and you're funny. And that's a rare combination. So choose one of these scripts, any script, and we'll just do it together. Uh And I was like, holy shit. You know? And then he was like, you know, my wife and I have an arrangement. When I'm out of town, I can just have sex with whoever I want. And then he Uh hugs me, right? Yeah. And um, reading all these stories afterwards, like recently, I'm like, I'm so glad I got out of that office quickly. Right. Like, and I was like, great. <laughs> I just pretended <laughs> like I don't know how to deal with this, and yeah. so I just left. And then I thought, is there any way to turn this back into like a working situation? Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, I kind of sure. knew what he was inferring, but I thought, well, I went to his office. Is there? Yeah. So I asked some people, and they said, just don't be alone with him. So I found this other friend. This, so that
0: this was when in your career, like what this was year? like
2: 2000 and like. I'm just going to say um, approximately 2003. So I had already been, like... and
0: people already knew that I was like, in my don't... 30s. Like right. I wasn't like
2: 19. You've been around, you know. Yeah, yeah. and you know, he, I think he's he does obviously do this to a lot of young women, but I think he's doing this to a lot of women in general. Right. It's not and
0: all, and people knew enough to the women knew enough to tell you don't don't be alone with him. Someone like, so... said, and
2: you know, i had actually heard the Rose McGowan story, but I never heard that he raped her. I only heard that he attacked her and that she, I from the story that I heard, he attacked her. She hit him and ran out. Yeah. But I didn't know that, that he had what, actually raped anyone. But
0: that was go- that was what was going around then.
2: That was what was going around then. So I just thought, so so then what happened was I thought, okay, I'm going to- So gonna, in
0: the story you heard yeah. back then, she she got away. She in The story wins. I
2: heard. I had heard stories that like he invites women to his hotel room. He has this, his robe half open and he says like, oh, come in. And, and then it's awkward. And that I heard that with Rose McGowan, it was just a bigger story that I, I basically just heard. He attacked her and she ran out. Right, I didn't hear that. Oh, he actually, you know, had raped. Because there, her.
0: yeah, because there's this. Uh, the the. It's almost like you said about like, uh, you know, I'm not trying to trivialize anything, but with Corey Haim and 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 uh, Corey Feldman, is that, you know, these stories were around, but then now there's sort of. People saying that everyone's complicit because no one was doing anything. But the story you hear is not always what happened.
2: I guess it was the story wasn't the full story, right? right? Because I think most people didn't know that he was actually raping people. I think people thought that he was a horrible sexual harasser. But as a woman, and they had this on the NPR special I was listening to, you look at other people who come forward with stories of sexual harassment and see how they're treated before you decide if you're going to come forward, right? Uh So like you look at Anita Hill, like what happened to her? You know, right. like she was like, they tried to humiliate her. They tried to make her seem crazy. Like, can you name a story of a woman who came forward with a sexual harassment story where she was treated respectfully and fairly? Right. Before that time?
0: Before now. Can you? Uh, I, I don't, I can't really. I
2: know. So it's like, as a woman, when this happens to you, you're like, I could, you know, I mean, he didn't attack me physically. Like, he just basically insinuated I need to have sex with him for a job. Like, can I get him put in jail for this? But there's
0: also at that yeah. time, sadly, uh, the thing is, is like, well, that's show business. You know, I mean, people like,
2: would just say, "That's Harvey." Oh, that's Harvey. Don't go to his office then. But like Don't the casting, the
0: casting couch idea yeah. has been around since the beginning of movies, right? So it was instilled that deeply, and the more detailed and grotesque it got as time went on. But it still always always goes back to, you know, women are meat in this business. Well,
2: sometimes, yeah, you get a bit defeatist as a woman. You're like, "Well, what am I going to do about this? Right. Like, Can I fight the whole system?" Like you got
0: to make rules for yourself that you shouldn't have to make. And then you're like, well, do
2: I? Will I get hired more if I seem like, oh, I'm like this bitchy woman that's complaining? Like I don't know. You did you
0: ever once think that like I got to do this to get in? It seemed like you were already going. I
2: didn't because I just... From my point of view, this is how my mind works. I think any guy that is doing that is probably not going to fulfill... I mean, like if I, I'm like, if Harvey Weinstein's saying, have sex with me and I'll give you a job, what if he doesn't? Then I had sex with him and he didn't give me... Yeah. You know I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't believe him. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he did give people jobs that he had sex with, but I'm just like, I'm not... The kind of person that can do that because I guess I just don't want it that badly. Uh, I just couldn't bring myself to having sex with him. Well, good. (laughs)
0: There's no shame in that. I
2: wasn't attracted to him. Like he was. Well, it's just
0: odd. It's funny to me. Honestly,
2: there's something scary about him. So I'm not surprised that he was violent because you know how you some people can like hit on you and it's just kind of funny and it makes you feel flattered. You're like whatever. It's not a big deal. But he had a thing where it just felt like when you were around him. Do you know where you feel like people just like. Rape your self esteem. Yeah, they just a or they pull the rug yeah, out from yeah, yeah, under yeah. you. They want to. It's like they're on a power trip, and they'd like to make you feel bad about yourself in order that they feel better. That's just how it felt around him, even without being like. Physically he just
0: attacked. exudes a sort of boundaryless. Uh, 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 he's a taker. Right? Well, I An think abuser. he reels
2: you in with charisma. Like, yeah, oh, he's yeah. making all these cool movies, yeah, and yeah. he's this sensitive guy, and he's yeah. making very sensitive movies. But then when you really talk to him, he's basically like, "I'm in power. You're not. And yeah. I want you to feel this, this, this fact that you're totally." Like lesser than me.
0: Yeah, I have you know? control of your have life. Have you ever
2: been around him and felt that?
0: No, I've never been around oh, okay. him. But I, I mean, I certainly, you know, I, I know those kind of people. It's I like think. they get
2: off on like it's just yeah. sadistic, basically. Well, yeah, they. Yeah. It, it's
0: sadistic, but it's also like he believes that you know th- he's entitled,
2: right? You know, like, like he had white power. Male privilege. I don't right. know. Maybe I don't know if he.
0: But he had real power in this industry. So much power. Yeah. Yeah. And and he, it, it's you know uh it's just all as human beings you know abuse of power and getting off on having power.
2: I know. It's so good to see them go down too. You're like <laughs> finally there's some sense of justice in the world and like it's good to see that some men think that's bad too because it's like It it makes me feel better as a woman that some guys are like, that sucks, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, women should be able to move through the world without being confronted by dicks all the time. They should be able to (laughs) go to work and and not have to uh, deal with dicks all day.
2: Yeah, that's for sure. It's a reckoning. Yeah, it's a reckoning. Cultural reckoning. And
0: you, in in your movie, Mm -hmm. your character...
2: Like ironically, like I wrote, I was working. I started working this like yeah. six or seven years ago, and now we just happens to be coming out right after all this stuff happened.
0: You which made it before.
2: I made it before. Obviously, this stuff is happening, right? right. It's, but I just was like, okay, my protest is not going to be to go to the police and say I was sexually harassed, or go to the press at that time. It's like I'm going to write a movie and 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 hopefully deal with this horrible sexism with comedy and sexual harassment. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, but like it's funny because it's not as like you could it could have even been more pointed. Had you made it like today?
2: I know. That's the thing. I just thought, I don't know. Will people be palatable? Will this be palatable? Because I really thought I want to make a female empowerment movie. Like, I hope it empowers men, too. But I specifically thought, like, I want to empower women. uh, But I don't want to be this, like, angry feminist where people are like, ugh. I don't want to listen to this. Because in the past, when people came forward with sexual harassment stories, people would just be like, ugh.
0: So at the time you, know? you made it, you were tempering yourself.
2: I was tempering myself and making it just a little more like, well, let's go for the comedy here and not make it as dark. Because also, I just thought it's so depressing. <laughs> and I just didn't want to depress myself too much about Well, how yeah, because it's it
0: interesting because, the, you know, the, the the way you guys talk to each other in the movie about, mm-hmm. you know, where you're at with. Also,
2: I cast Crystal as the harasser. So it's not like this gross Harvey Weinstein person, it's like kind of this cute character charismatic Clown. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like charming and he's not like, you know. No, yeah, no, no. I think he yeah. did a good job. I thought, yeah. I thought
0: he was funny yeah. and I thought uh, everyone was funny. Mm-hmm. I thought, What's her name from The Office? Linda. Angela. She's great. She's
2: hilarious. She
0: acted the shit out of some of those she's, scenes, man. Uh, she
2: blew my head off. I mean, she definitely, like, the scene where she phone calls her ex-husband and hilarious. he comes over. Like, she mixed comedy and drama in that scene in a way that kind of blew my mind. Also, yeah. Thomas Lennon's pretty amazing. He's funny. He's but great. But Angela is just, she's pretty awesome.
0: Well, I was surprised. Like, she mm. went pretty deep in, like, you know, fairly, you know, qu- you know those scenes with the yeah. new guy. Yeah. The ponytail guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Jason they were Lewis, really they were yeah. really going for it they
2: really were and you know angela <laughs> you hasn't know. really played those kind of roles i know before. so she amazing. was nervous she's like oh my god i've never done like a sex scene i think she was in the back room drinking tequila <laughs> oh really <laughs> she was nervous because you know she's very conservative and she's very like she's not like so but she was i don't know she really did a great job yeah
0: she definitely went for it she and, went for it and, and those and, and it was funny though because like the the all the characters had these You know, self esteem issues. I
2: know, and
0: that was sort of the 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 dialogue. You know, which is like you, you know. Now it seems like the dialogue is "fuck you." You know, we you know we're we're powerful. Yeah. But I think that the honesty of those, like all of you having these, you you know, usually
2: "fuck you" is covering a self esteem issue. No, absolutely.
0: But like like, it was all in relation to men. A lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was sort of, and it's interesting that you know you got Johnny Knoxville playing this preacher. You know, who shows up later. I don't want to spoil yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, but you come from religion?
2: I do. Yeah, my family's very religious, Catholic. And basically the scene in the beginning where the dad and the daughter are sitting watching a TV show. For me, it was The Love Boat, but we couldn't pay, afford the rights to that. Right. But I used to watch The Love Boat with my dad and he'd be like, the, see those people going in that hotel room? They're having premarital sex and you yeah. can go to hell for that. I remember just thinking as a kid, like this is so scary. Like I don't even know what he's talking about. Yeah, and I'm like going I'm to so hell. freaked out. And
0: yeah. <laughs> did, it, did it did it stay yeah. with you? Like, yes, did,
2: I mean that's why you I put went it to in... church every Sunday. I went. To, oh yeah, until I moved out of the house with my parents, I went to church every Sunday, every holy day. I did con- confirmation, confession, and in fact, my Catholic? dad used to say to me, "Catholic." He used to say, "Like we should have sent you to the convent." <laughs>
0: Really? Well, that's, <laughs> I, that's something that yeah. I think Catholic well, fathers we have said for Catholic generations. Catholic school. He's right. like, we should
2: have sent you to Catholic Get school. Get
0: thee to a nunnery. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you I mean, Catholic school happens. You got, you, I, I guess you got lucky. You got out. You didn't oh, do it.
2: I was, I was watching that movie Novitiate, and there's a scene where, like, it's all about beating up on yourself, right? Yeah. I'm like, because I do that to myself now sometimes. I'm like, well, this is where I got it. And they From give these church. girls a whip. Yeah, yeah, they're like, if you are, haven't been a good Catholic, hit yourself with this whip. And I thought, oh, th- I feel like that I was kind of brought up to be like that. It's like, oh, if you've been bad. Beat yourself up a lot mentally. and try to be better. Yeah, mentally. Yeah, I didn't use a r- actual whip, but mentally.
0: So that really. Yeah. So you really were. Uh, you were. You were. You were in it mentally. Hell existed. Well, I feel like Heaven why. Was yeah. Possible. Why does religion
2: bring us up to have like fear and shame around our sexuality? When ultimately, God, if God created us, isn't our sexuality part of that? And shouldn't we embrace that as like a beautiful part of ourselves? So yeah. it seems like a opposite doesn't make sense
0: well yeah and you cover yeah. that in the movie yeah
2: well no i thought I like, there- like that was my personal journey so i just put it in a movie because i thought i don't see anyone telling this specific story and i felt like to me i went through it in my life and i thought when i was younger i felt like all right and i think this is common with women though i'm sure not all women but i felt like i liked sex but i didn't love it and i'm yeah. just like, I'm like let me just do what i think the guy wants but i didn't really fully know what i liked because i was just like i don't really get it and mm. I'll just try to please the guy yeah so then I think I reached a point where I was with someone and I'm like oh my god I finally get why people like sex right. do you know what I mean and then I thought like you what you said oh this must be love I have to be with him for the rest of my life because now I've realized that my sexuality is spiritual and beautiful and so I'm in love and it's this guy that's making me feel this way instead of just being like oh I just had this epiphany yeah well yeah, yeah. or
0: also like that's what it's supposed and I to think be women like- as
2: they, as we get older can yeah. enjoy sex more I mean like I'm saying it's not all women but I know for myself and other a lot of other people I know you kind of get more into your body you know Uh and learn how to enjoy it more
0: well yeah well i think there there you know the there's a part of that movie where somehow or another you managed to do a fairly extensive masturbating scene (laughs) that was you know as a viewer just completely i felt like i was interrupting i felt like i was like you know maybe i should let her be alone like you know like there's it was so non-sexual to the viewer. But it was kind of funny.
2: <laughs> That's the thing. Well, yeah, I was kind of going for humor because right. I'm like, okay, it's not a porno. So right. I guess I was going for humor. Like she's kind of having a little trouble. Right, no, right, yeah. And then in the second scene, I wanted it to have more of like a spiritual, like so that she finds herself. You right, know, through right. Like, oh, you can give yourself a sexual yeah. orgasm. Yeah, I don't and then, know, the, you know? then the
0: stars go. Yeah. Right, right, you figured it out. But it was just sort of funny. It was so kind of like <laughs> passive. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I guess i put the headphones on. You know, it was definitely. Well, you
2: know, it's like, okay, when you break up with someone. And you just had really good sex. You're like, okay, well, I guess I should masturbate. And Mm -hmm. you're like, it's just not the same. And you're just trying to find that sexuality inside yourself without another person.
0: Yeah, you can find it.
2: You can, but it takes a while. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Well, well, I'm glad that
0: you put that out there to help people. (laughs) Like, just take your time, find the right music. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you went manual. You didn't go, no machines.
2: I know. Actually, some people offered us money, like these different like dildo companies were like, if you use our dildo, we'll give you $50,000 for your oh, budget. Oh, wow. And, and I'm like, I don't know if that's what I'm trying to say with the movie because yeah. I'm trying to, I don't we're, know. I'm not trying to sell a product at that moment, but we yeah. were offered money to use sex toys at that moment.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and, but you know, I think you, you made the right choice. Yeah. And all right, so let's like going back to, you know, the because there is a lot of spirituality and a lot of, uh, in the movie. And a lot of sort of coming uh, coming into people's selves,
2: mm-hmm. you know, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but how are you doing y- y- yourself? Are you, you all right mentally <laughs> these days?
2: <laughs> I mean, um, I think it's like... Uh, you
0: still beat up on yourself?
2: I do. Yeah, it's sort of like a, like a, a journey where I keep getting better and better at it, but yeah. it still exists. So I'm just like a much, much better at it, but I still have, you know... Things I struggle with, for sure. Really? Yeah. Like what? Okay, well, like, let's say, you know, I feel like a lot of us can relate to this, but you grow up, and maybe your parents don't really know how to unconditionally love themselves, so they don't teach you how to unconditionally love yourself. Right, So you have to be a loving parent to your own inner child. I know this is getting into sort of like a weird psychological inner child area. But you have to be able to speak nicely to yourself, like, as this, like, unconditionally loving parent, like, great job, great, I'm there for you. You know, like, I'm doing that for myself. And I know that sounds incredibly dorky, but it actually is kind of great.
0: No, I, I, I completely know what that's like. I, I think that's true that you have to learn how to self parent uh, after a certain point. Yeah. Or else you're, you're like, be... okay, my
2: parents tried their best. They definitely did some good things. Some things were not as good. So I have to correct that inside myself because yeah. you internalize some of the bad patterns or something. And so then you're like, okay, how can I be more loving in this moment? And I guess I was always brought up, maybe through religion and being a woman, to think I need to take care of other people first and not myself. And then I learned as an adult, it's actually the opposite is true. If you take care of yourself first and you're really loving, then you have so much more to give. Right. And actually, someone had this really great thing they said the other day. They said, it's like an African proverb. They're like, beware the naked man who gives you a shirt. Yeah. So how can you give somebody love if you don't love yourself? You know? Right, right. Which I tried to get into in the movie as well. Like, you know, because I felt like I was taught like, oh, you can't do things for yourself. You have to do things for other people. But if you really love yourself a lot and do things for yourself then you just have so much more to give and you're just a more loving person and you're not coming out of like a resentful state of like a naked person giving someone a shirt.
0: Yeah, and it's hard to stay in that. Sort of like what we were talking about earlier with spirituality or with comedy or staying out of the dread or the hopelessness or the Mm self-judgment or feeling like you're not enough or Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, But that whole idea of the parents, like, yeah, the if you don't deal with that shit, your expectation to be parented will never go away, mm-hmm. right? Even- yeah,
2: you're sad. You're just like, oh, well, why wasn't I in these yeah, moments I unconditionally better? loved the way I wanted to be? You're like, okay, now it's up to me to do that for myself and that feels so gross because you're like, I want to fill this hole inside myself with either the perfect relationship or the job or the yeah. money or having kids, I don't know, whatever yeah. it is for you. Right. But, um, but it really, you have to do it for yourself through right. like some kind of spirituality or Sucking just deciding work, right? that you love and accept yourself with all your flaws and imperfections Yeah. And- so hard extra work it's so hard do you do that i
0: i I do like to a degree i'm i'm aware of everything you're Mm -hmm, saying and mm -hmm. i've read some books about it Mm -hmm. and i you know i'm on top of it Mm -hmm. but you know to actually
2: do it is like hard
0: well i give my the only way i can do it really is give myself breaks
2: yeah that's good self-care
0: yeah or just like don't beat yourself up about that yeah you know, yeah. what good... It, what it, you did it. Yeah. You know, even... You know, and sometimes it's as stupid as yeah. a candy bar. So, like, yeah. you know, you can fucking... You can have
2: one candy bar. That's fine. Is it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, if you're not, <laughs> like, eating eight candy bars, no, you've gotta but, allow but, yourself... But, you know, stuff. like, yeah. you have
0: to really decide, you know, what you... You know, what are you doing? You yeah. know, is it really worth, you know, yeah. you know, beating yourself up for a day?
2: Yeah, it's not.
0: Over, you, you this know? is what I
2: do, because I beat up on myself a lot, and I just go... I pray. Because I don't... I just go, okay, whatever universe, higher power, or whatever, God, like please take this away.
0: You do that. Yeah. Is that from It's so the, hard.
2: Do you uh yeah. do you
0: still have belief in God?
2: Um I mean I don't believe in like Catholic though I mean there's really like nice Catholic people out there who are yeah, doing sure, great stuff. Sure, but personally yeah. for me it doesn't really work. I yeah. just believe in like spirituality
3: right yeah also I just feel
2: like it's so dumb like why are all these religions like hating each other like we're all just trying to find spirituality and the same thing and like yet we decide like if you're this religion you're going to hell like in the Catholic religion if you're not a Catholic you're going to hell yeah that is so sad yeah especially for me because I'm going (laughs) 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 but I mean I'm like why but every religion is kind of snobby like Jewish people are just like oh if the mother's not Jewish then your child's not Jewish and you're not whatever so it's like every religion has this weird snobbery around their own way of seeing God, and it's just like, why can't we be more open minded and be like, great, you're another religion, that's what works for you, that's fantastic. You're Muslim, that's fantastic. Yeah. like whatever connects you to like love, yeah, just don't do hurt it. me. Yeah, just, just don't
0: don't kill people. Yeah, in don't the name kill. Of your obviously, religion. killing
2: people's terrible. Yeah, and a, a just, lot of
0: religions have done it. They've all I done know. it.
2: It's like somebody said, more people have been killed in the name of God than in the Satan. Sure. You know, it's like sure. everyone's killing each other and being like, I'm on God's side. Right, you know, right. but what if we're like all just struggling along, trying to find spirituality, and like there's really no difference
0: he's trying to find a point you know what what do we do with this amazing self-awareness you know what do we do with this knowledge of our own death (laughs) how do we you know make it okay what do you do i don't what do i do yeah comedy try not to think about it yeah how do we know
2: death is bad like how do you not know that maybe death is great
0: Well, look, uh, you do know it's, you know, something's over and you might not know anything at all. Yeah. You you know, like, you know, I think that's really the scarier, the scariest thing and why people have been so elaborate about it is that, you know, what does life mean? And what if you die and there's nothing?
2: Yeah. What if you die and actually you're happier than when you were alive?
0: Why do you? Oh, you think that like you're going to die and all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, thank God. No, but I'm just saying we
2: don't know. So why assume the worst?
0: Well, what's the worst? The, hell is the worst hell
2: is the worst yeah
0: nothing's not so I bad s-
2: yeah nothing's just, not uh, bad. if bad
0: consciousness ends yeah you know you it's because you, like you know like sometimes yeah. when i think about death i'm like well who's gonna do what is gonna happen with all these books and it's sort of oh like oh my god yeah
2: you have a lot of cool books
0: but like no one who cares i'm not gonna know yeah death is the most okay. vulnerable place yeah. in the world to be because yeah. you can't defend yourself anymore yeah yeah <laughs> Just... I know, I
2: think men are more worried about death than women. Are they? Yeah. Maybe because you have more feelings of control. You're more, I don't know, as a woman, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to die. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah,
0: it's I'm, scary, I'm I'm kind of but... there. I just don't, yeah. I don't, I, I want it to it's be. It's more
2: scary to not live life and to be miserable in life and let life go by and not appreciate it and not be Try grateful. To make a I'm good more goal. worried about that because sometimes I feel like I have a good life, but then I can beat the shit out of myself and think it's terrible when in reality I have like a fantastic life. I think that's more tragic is well, yeah. not to just enjoy the day. Yeah. You know? I, I get
0: I get a little of that too. Yeah. So wait, let's talk. We didn't talk about Boogie Nights because okay. uh, you were so good in that, that like whenever I see that actor <laughs> that played that guy that you you beat the shit out oh, of, yeah? I'm, I'm like, wow, his face healed up good.
2: <laughs> that's so funny. That was fun, actually. That was so fun. Well,
0: I mean, in terms of like-
2: Because you, you interviewed Paul, right? I got to listen to that one.
0: I did a while yeah, back. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was good because he doesn't mm-hmm. do much of that. Mm. He doesn't like.
2: I was so. He I, doesn't do a lot of interviews, right? Yeah,
0: and we did a long time for him, and it. I did. I did it in a very specific mm-hmm. way because i had, I had assumed from his work and from not knowing anything about him that he was some sort of dark, brooding genius. Mm-hmm. But he's just this goofy kid from the valley, you know. And I'm like, that all comes out of you, <laughs> you know That's what I mean? Funny.
2: <laughs> Isn't <laughs> That's he? That's funny, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So with, with Boogie Nights, like how old were you when you did that? Like 21,
2: mm, I was like 26. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: you knew what was up.
2: I mean, that was just my big break, I think, that just helped me have a more... Have a career where people knew my name.
0: But no, but in terms of porn and living in that world oh, yeah. and being around that. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, like th- at
2: the time, no one had really made a movie about porn. Right. So it was sort of like, oh, is this going to be super exploitational? Uh-huh. Or is this cool? I mean, I thought his writing was amazing, and for me, it was a massive break at that time. But a lot of people were like, Oh, you're making a movie about porn. Like I actually remember Adam Carolla being like, Yeah, that sounds great. You know, it's yeah. so funny because I recently saw him. He's like, I'm so sorry I harassed you about boogie nights when that turned out to be such a good movie.
0: He apologized recently. No,
2: it was maybe like 10 years ago, but after the fact he was like like, I remember I was like, you know, really giving you a hard time about making like an a totally exploited porno movie when it turned out to be like a good movie. Oh,
0: it's interesting that he yeah. made an amends. That yeah. makes me uh, like Adam more. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Actually
2: I'm doing another interview with him like in a week or two. All right.
0: Well, good luck getting a word in.
2: <laughs> well, Chris D'elia is going to be there, so I'll just let him make jokes. Uh, I want a Chris. You both.
0: You both. You're doing that together. I think we're
2: doing it together. I was like, oh, I want Chris to be there because he'll just be really funny, and I can just sit there. I yeah. just Show up. No, it'll be good. It'll be good. And you'll have <laughs> yeah. fun with Chris. Yeah. I see Chris all the time. I know because you guys do a lot of like um the comedy store. Right? Yeah, I see him at you the know? comedy
0: store all the time. Bring yeah, him up. You it's know. So fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he... I just
2: love stand-up comedy. I-, I got really into watching stand-up comedy recently. I just love watching it it's because so fun. of
0: uh because of working with Chris.
2: I think just because I don't know, I really because I just think I couldn't do it, so I just who love you like? watching
0: it. Who do you like watching? Do you go live? Well, like? okay,
2: over the weekend I was watching um two dope queens. Oh, that's have you been cute. watching they're, them? Uh,
0: no, I haven't, but I did their show.
2: They're cool, like yeah. they're they have mostly women and people of color yeah. and LGBT people, and I don't know, they were fun, but I love so many people like.
0: Yeah, do you watch Ali Wong? Have you watched? Yeah, she's her awesome.
2: I saw her special where she's pregnant. Yeah, she I don't know Hannibal great. Burris. Hannibal's good. Chris, yeah. I know yeah. Whitney Cummings a little bit. Whitney, she's yeah. Cool. yeah. I mean, I just admire. I admire comedians a lot. Yeah. I'm like, how do they get up on stage and talk about this stuff? It's so personal and turn it into its humor.
0: Do you want to try it?
2: I want to learn from them on <laughs> it, like how to do it in my life. That's what, I, like, how do I take how things you stand that bother up in your life? me? You no, know, oh. just how do I find the humor in like terrible things or embarrassing things or myself? You know, I think it's really cool and mm. brave.
0: And what like I watched on a,
2: Crashing, like Pete Holmes. He's sure. funny. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: On a day to day basis, though, so what are you really dealing with that, you know, that, that would make you need to do that? Like, you know, to to actually have it pressing sort of like, how do I stop this from happening? What do you mean? Like, dark? like, like, yeah, the thoughts. Oh, like, the thoughts. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, any day. Like, actually, somebody said something the other day. I thought it was so poetic. He goes, I wake up every day with a storm in my brain.
0: Yeah. And I thought,
2: I can relate to that. Like, sometimes I wake up with a storm in my brain. I'm like, how do I get these? For me, <laughs> the worst time is the morning. Like, I'm uh-huh. kind of depressed in the morning. Then the rest of the day, I can get in, like, a better mood. But, yeah.
0: Mornings but I've been getting bad. into
2: writing. So i write writing some more stuff. And I like, try to, like, sometimes put stuff in my writing like, yeah. and try to like exercise it like
0: do you just do general of... writing or you know you? Just, well I wrote
2: you... two new things one is called chosen family and it's about like a woman that grows. it's a full script yeah it's like about a woman who has a dysfunctional family and how it's sort of about how you know when you your family does things that bother you and then somehow you end up in that same dynamic with relationships mm-hmm. but you're like I'm trying to avoid this how does this kind of like follow me around you know
0: well that's sort of along the same lines of the self-parenting thing
2: yes it's yes a, it's the same area because if you can self-parent yourself and hopefully you attract like a healthier dynamic but like say okay your family's really controlling and then you end up with a controlling boyfriend you're like why am i repeating this
0: does that okay. happen to you
2: yes mm. <laughs> have you ever done that
0: i i i i don't i don't i'm not attracted to control I, i'm get a little chaos i've had some you like I, chaos and drama I, yeah, that seems to be it my okay. dad was very explosive and my mom was kind of uh, i don't know what she is
2: Mm-hmm. But, you know,
0: but I, I, I do, I. See, I yeah. could ask
2: you a lot of questions about this right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why you just get done with something or are you in something?
2: No, no. I'm just interested in like your parental dynamic. Oh, so, my like, dad was dad very. Is uh, your dad was explosive and Erratic okay. and a bit
0: bipolar. And my mom okay. was like, he had uh, eating disorders and okay. was, uh, you know, always a little wittier. But I, 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 as time goes on.
2: So that's where you got your humor?
0: I think so. But I always, let, I always let her off the hook for some reason, but mm-hmm. I think she's fully on the hook. She's gotten a lot
2: We she, women are crazy it's like okay it's hard to be a woman and you're looking at these ads and you're I don't know a single woman that is not somewhat neurotic about something about her appearance but you know you have to let it go obviously well you and deal you with that in the
0: movie too and I think yeah. that that's part of this this reckoning is you know acceptance why of are we putting bodies, this like yeah yeah and, and trying to you know do that more
2: putting this pressure on ourselves to be this weird ideal of like a 16 year old model. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's like we have to unplug ourselves from the culture and say, I think I look good. I look great. And I'm going to feel great about myself. And I'm not going to listen to whatever. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how how
0: do you see this new phase in your career? I mean, do you feel when you look back at your career? Because, I mean, you've done a lot of stuff. You've been in a lot of big movies. You've had a lot of shots. Um,
2: yeah, I've been lucky to and, work. Yeah, sure. you work a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: what made you all of a sudden sort of like write, direct? Like, was there a moment where you're like, uh, you, know, I'm, 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 uh, you know, I got to take care of myself in another way.
2: Well, I think, OK, on one level, like as an actress, you're like, I really hope like a guy hires me for the part of my lifetime that will help me express my creative potential. But you're like, maybe he's not going to. So I better hire myself. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, maybe a man doesn't want to tell the same story that I want to tell. And then I guess you just think I want to tell a story about something that means something to me. Mm-hmm. and share this sort of journey I went on that I think is interesting, whether or not it's, you know, I just want to, um, like what you were saying, I was listening to one of your things where you said you just have to get up every day, work on your craft, do the best you can. It's like sometimes it's just fun making things. yeah. And it's more fun making something that's like says something you want to say. Yeah, as and that you
0: have control over. And then, It's fun, even yeah. though it's
2: much more scary and stressful. It's also like, okay, I want women and men. I hope men can feel good in watching the movie too, but I want them to leave and be like fucking hot and i can have whatever i want and i feel great about myself and i love my girlfriends and i love life and like my dreams can come true i don't know i want i feel like i watch a lot of depressing movies i feel like women's roles in movies can a lot of times we're like the supporting character that like someone's trying to kill us someone's stabbing us some guy's trying to save us it's just like we're not that empowered in most movies and i'm just sick of watching those movies i want to watch a movie with like a heroine i can relate to that is empowered that I can feel happy about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so like when, now is this is your first directing, first yeah, time? Yeah, first time. And first time writing? First
2: time writing. So who
0: did you, did you, did you lean on people? Did you?
2: Yeah, I have this friend, his name's Michael Nichols. He's a huge fan of your podcast, actually. He was <laughs> like, you gotta get on that podcast, yeah. it's the best one. And yeah. so my friend Michael Nichols and Julia, his wife, they, um, I wrote, okay, I was going through a breakup. So I started, it's kind of started How writing were the you script. With the guy? I was with them for like a year. Mm. But I started writing a script based on this group of friends I was hanging around with. And then... Um And then I went through this breakup and I was feeling sad. So I'm like, how can I write about the stuff that makes me sad and just trying to make myself laugh and perspective? So I was doing that. I just kind of wrote it to crack myself up and I gave it to him and he was just very encouraging and he was just like, you should keep writing. And then he was like, you know, you should direct this because I was like, maybe I'll get a director because I had worked developing projects for 10 years before trying to make movies about women. I tried to make the Triangle Factory Fire story. I tried to make this like romantic sex comedy about this woman who's insecure that no guy will ever have sex with her as a producer and actress. And people kept saying to me nobody cares about women's stories. If you want to get a movie made, write about a man. And I was just like, what? And and it was so frustrating, you know? Yeah. And then I think I wrote this about my frustrations with relationships, my frustrations with Hollywood, trying to make movies about women when people were just telling me that nobody cared. And they were just like, unless you're one of three women, like you're not gonna, like there's the three biggest movie stars and they get to do that. But other than that, all the rest of the women, it's like you can be the supporting role if you can get, you know, right. a big movie star to play his wife or yeah, something. Yeah, you yeah, yeah,
0: right. Yeah, so you just took it into your own hands.
2: So I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna write this down about my frustrations. And I'm like, well maybe I could make this for not a huge budget and then we found this financiers. my friend Michael who loves your podcast found these financiers and then they basically ended up not having the money so we had to completely fold after we had hired the whole crew and cast the whole movie oh. completely fold and then we found another financier his name is Bill Scheinberg and he's amazing and um he's a uh, part of this Hollywood family like Sid Sheinberg and Lorraine Sheinberg and, yeah, yeah. um, and he just really supported us. And so then luckily and weirdly, this movie's coming out right now when people care about women's issues where maybe if we happened the year earlier, we uh-huh. would've come out at a time where maybe nobody would be as interested in this right, right. subject. Yeah, so,
0: so the timing's good.
2: The timing's good.
0: And now, when you do like cause it is it is a comedy and comedy's mm-hmm. not easy mm-hmm. and you know did you show the script to funny people
2: Yeah I did like I did who? I got help well Molly has a friend um Steve Corn I don't uh-huh. know if you know him I he's know. he he read it and he gave me some things Molly who Shannon Molly Shannon uh-huh. she's in it yeah. and um she you know and then I just I let a lot of the actors improv I just say look if you come up with something just try it out yeah. you know and then yeah. if it doesn't work I'll tell you not <laughs> yeah. to do it so I mean then you have like Thomas Lennon and you're like he's like I love you somewhat it's like, I care about you deeply without loving you. He comes up with these lines and you're like, I care about you deeply without. Lo-. You know when someone is like yeah. giving you this half-hearted love yeah. and you're like, this is so hilarious. Like yeah. he came up with so many funny yeah. things. Yeah, he was good. He's just like, you look horrible. Well, let, let me ask
0: you about like, cause I'm dating a painter and you know, mm-hmm. we noticed that uh, that there's a lot of artists mm-hmm. and you're the conception of them was, mm-hmm. you know, not great. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, to be honest, okay, there was a guy like that character, but he actually was not an artist. So I took a boyfriend I had who was an artist and combined him with this other boyfriend, the, the light who did artist, a lot of drugs. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. the light artist. Um, so it, I'm not trying to like diss artists, but I'm just saying he had like a free spirited lifestyle that wasn't like a nine to five guy. Sure,
0: sure. And yeah. what about Thomas Lennon's character? That was that. Based oh, that's on
2: right. Because um, he's like
0: out of nowhere. You're like, oh, he's a big painter.
2: <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I have a bunch of friends yeah. and different, you know, a lot of stuff is either taken from like friends or like, or me, I, I combined a lot of people, you know, like me or different experienced uh-huh. friends have had. Yeah. Friends, yeah, yeah. boyfriends, ex-husbands, husbands, you know, I have a lot of, fr- I have, have one. friend. you married? I've never been married, huh. but I have girlfriends and they obsess on a guy, you know, and when you're watching from a distance, you're like, why are you obsessed on him? Yeah. Like, he didn't really treat you that great. Like, right. you know, somebody, you know, why are you? And so I, I told the story about Angela's character because of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, she's obsessed I thought, with her ex-husband.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and that happens. Yeah. 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 I thought they were, you know, your story and her story, you know, I can completely, you know, relate to the other side of those.
2: Yeah. And so uh, men can relate to it, you know?
0: Sure. Yeah. And the and the one that seemed younger. That, yes. That. Uh, what's her Stephanie name? Stephanie
2: Beatrice. Yeah.
0: That yeah. that relationship seemed like something from when I was younger.
2: That's the thing. I yeah. feel like I've been in that relationship. I have friends where you're just like, I never asked for what I wanted because I was too afraid. <laughs> That's so sad, you know. <laughs> you're just like, let's just have the unconventional relationship where we don't commit and we're not monogamous because we're doing this new thing. And I have a friend that did that, and then the guy ended up getting married, and she was like, but, but. <laughs>
0: well what do you think that is like they're not asking for what you want because it, it'd be threatening or they take it as an insult or is it just you know a program in your brain because i know that like as the guy on the other side of that at different points in my life it's very hard for people to hear things like that without thinking like no what i don't do it right <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's funny. I think, like, I don't know. I think, okay, I think as women, we're sort of overly programmed, like, to take care of everyone. So sometimes, and it doesn't really help because you're not sometimes honest with the other person, like, this is what I want. Yeah. Like, really, that character wanted to say to him, you know... If you don't want to date me monogamously, let's break up. Do you know? But in yeah. reality, she's like, I'll just hang in there hoping. It's like looking at a guy as a project or looking at his potential. Like, maybe I can change him. Like, he's got all this great potential. Yeah, if I conscious. just hang around yeah. acting great, he'll just, he'll give me everything I want eventually. But you do you, know? but
0: is that a conscious thought or just a behavior that's ingrained? Do you know what I mean? Like, because it seems like, do people really, th- you know what? I did it. I, you know, it's a stupid question.
2: Yeah, you've done it, right? I
0: did once and it yeah. kind of fucked me up. It, it's terrible. The codependency thing? It's what, codependent. I, I, yeah, yeah. It's basically but, codependency. Yeah, but I, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't think I had that really. And then I, I went know. through a relationship where I'm like,
2: what the fuck?
0: Like I'm, I was doing everything I could to make this woman. I mean, a psychologist you know, would
2: say maybe you're like repeating your parental dynamic, where your parent was never really there for you, and if you try to get them, you. It's it's so it's so you want to get that person who's not there for you to be there for you, and you. It just feels like when you were a kid, what you did with your family. So it feels there's something about it that feels delicious, and like, sure. finally I'll get this love that I never had.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that was it with I and that that was part of it, but I, I just well, ultimately it comes down to like I see something in you that. I believe is there and you're not locking into it. So I'm going to try to control you into exactly. becoming that thing that I am going to tell you how to be onto and, you.
2: Yeah, exactly. So you can fulfill my fantasy yeah. and expectation, or, or just
0: not make me nuts and sad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know, because there's a, a little bit you can have of that in a healthy relationship. That's where funny. Just that's, like, that's
0: my fantasy. Just don't make yeah. me nuts and sad. I know. Oh. I know.
2: So, what about you in relationships? What? Are you good in them or not? Really?
0: I'm trying. Yeah. You know, I'm, uh, this one's better because it's not uh, drama filled. You know, that's I, good. I went through some, you know, some heartbreak and some insanity. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, post heartbreak, and I don't think I've really. Kind of recovered from it.
2: Mm, that's hard.
0: Like I, I'm a little, clo- a little cynical, a
2: mm-hmm, little, mm-hmm. a
0: little closed up. <laughs> you
2: kind of like your character on Glow, uh, huh? Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, a little bit. That, yeah, that was a, that funny. was that wasn't a big stretch. <laughs> but uh, you, yeah. what about you?
2: Um, I guess I sort. Well, okay. This is what makes me feel good about relationships. Yeah. I just think, what if it's totally out of our control? And that it's not about, oh, try to be a good person and have a... It's just like, okay, what if I just turn this over? It's out of my control. It'll happen or it won't, and I'm just going to enjoy my life day to day. How's that Some go? people say, like, you're, like being, your relationship has its own higher power. So it's kind of like... I mean, look, it's hard. Because normally I go, okay, I really... You know, you want to try so hard to have some love that you want, you know? Yeah. But then sometimes it just doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, just I, like, yeah, I don't, I'm, yeah, I'm not great with being loved not great with it yeah that doesn't feel quite right yeah yeah you
2: well i mean whatever they would say it's because you don't love yourself so if you love yourself what then about you, you though i mean i'm good at like i'm good at it for like a year <laughs> to two years and then i'm not as good at it in the past what happens
3: know. what turns no
2: i think i don't know if it's just a qu- compatibility question where it's like okay there are these great people but maybe we're not totally compatible do
0: they get annoying or Different things. Sometimes them. it's
2: me. Sometimes it's them. Uh, some guys don't want to date an actress who's uh, like doing sex scenes in movies. They're just like, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you think you can get along with a person a, that's of a certain a, that's personality. That's a deal breaker, huh? I mean, some guys just cannot deal with that. They're just like not. Even if just about
0: kissing? It.
2: Even if it's just kissing. I don't know. They're just, and you
0: usually, you do a lot of sex scenes. You have. I
2: have in the past. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, well, that's like what a lot of actresses have to do. You right. know, it's not like, or whatever. It's.
0: And now you did the, it to yourself.
2: I did it to myself. I did it to myself. I guess because I'm just, I'm interested in sexuality. Yeah. And it's interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is, right?
2: It is. So I just did it from a female point of view. That's yeah. you? Oh, no, I think that's you.
0: Really? Oh, okay. Sorry. My, it's a guy who wants to give me guitar lessons. Oh, wow. So do you All play right. the guitar? I do. Oh. I do, but I, I'm sort of- Are you good? I'm good. Yeah. But like I'm stuck. Because okay. like, well, you're
2: to... on the thing right there with the guitar. So Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I play Use guitar. It. I'm pretty okay. good. Mm. But like I, I just don't want to do- I want to next level it. Okay. I want to learn some things.
2: Okay, cool.
0: And maybe I will. That's I feel, awesome. I feel like such a dork at 54. I'm like, i to take guitar lessons.
2: I feel like do it. I I'm mean, gonna, why should we stop ourselves from having fun? Just because was like, okay, once you reach a certain age, you but, cannot do anything fun. No, anymore. but my, but
0: in my brain, it's sort yeah. of like for what? Like, am I going to start a band for fun? You know, like, yeah, okay. Honestly, if you
2: started a band, people would probably listen and go see it.
0: Yeah, but then you're that guy. You're the guy like oh, he's a comedian. I guess he's doing a band thing. You no, know, this is what we need. Another fifty five year old dude with a band.
2: <laughs> That's funny.
0: All right, I'll talk to you later. Nice talking to you.
2: Yeah, this is fun. <laughs>
0: Okay, go see the movie. Watch it somewhere. It seems like you can watch it in your home. Half Magic, uh, written, directed, and stars Heather Graham. That was pleasant. It was nice to get to know her a little bit. Um, what What can I tell you? I hooked up. I'm, I'm about to clean out my pedals. Uh, I'm about to move them with everything else, so I hooked up a pedal or two here, and I'll play some guitar in the way the pedals make it. Anyways, these pedals make it. You know what I'm saying? All right. All right.